As you would, would you stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God this morning? John chapter 4, verse 43, and we're going to read on through verse 54. So if you'll turn there with me. The Bible says in John 4, 43, Now after two days he departed thence and went into Galilee. For Jesus himself testified that a prophet hath no honor in his own country. Then when he was come into Galilee, the Galileans received him, having seen all the things that he did at Jerusalem at the feast, for they also went unto the feast. So Jesus came again into Cana of Galilee, where he had made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went unto him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then said Jesus unto him, Except ye see signs and wonders, ye will not believe. The nobleman saith unto him, Sir, come down, ere my child die. Jesus saith unto him, Go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him. And he went forth, and he went his way. And as he was now going down, his servant met him and told him, saying, Thy son liveth. Then inquired he of them the hour when he began to amend. And they said unto him, Yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at the same hour in the which Jesus said unto him, Thy son liveth, and himself believed in his whole house. This is again the second miracle that Jesus did when he was come out of Judea into Galilee. You may be seated. You know, many of us go through trials, uh, hardships, heartaches, at different times in our lives. And of course, if you are a believer in Christ Jesus, we turn to God in prayer and ask God things. And uh, there's something to this, though, when I'm reading this, and that is, is that there was a heart of belief. There was a heart of belief. When I look at what's happened here, when this man speaks to Jesus, it says in this passage, uh, he believed the word that Jesus had spoken. <laughs> When you open this book, this is the word that Jesus has spoken. Amen? Amen. We ought to believe it. <laughs> so when you open it, we should not doubt what we read. We should believe what we read because it is the spoken word of Jesus Christ. And so when you look to this, Jesus made a statement, a prophet hath no honor in his own country. It's referring to the treatment of the Savior by those he witnessed to by many signs, wonders, and miracles. If you notice, you come back here and you look, it says, uh, for Jesus testified, Jesus himself testified that a prophet hath no honor in his own country. Then when he was come into Galilee, the Galileans received him, having seen all the things that he did at Jerusalem. And what are all the things that he did at Jerusalem? The signs, the wonders, and the what? Miracles. So they saw those things. Notice what Jesus says down here. He said in verse 48, Then said Jesus unto them, Except ye see signs and wonders, ye will not do what? The only way you're going to believe is if you see signs and wonders, and Jesus is saying, no, that's not how this is going to work. <laughs> that's not how this is going to work. Could that man see his son at the time that Jesus said, be gone, your son will be healed? Could he see it? He could not view that at the time, but he had to believe the word of what? Jesus. Sometimes we can't see what God's doing, but we have to believe that God is doing. <laughs> we have to believe what God is teaching us. And we're going to use the following verse to illustrate the importance of trusting the Lord even when we do not receive an immediate answer or an immediate response by prayer. 
And sometimes we want to treat God the same way we live in society. Everything's instant from instant oats to instant oatmeal to uh, instant rice to uh, driving through the McDonald's drive-thru. If you sat there more than three to four minutes, you're exhausted because they should have had my meal ready from the time I ordered that till the time I drove up to this window. My goodness, it's McDonald's. I should have my food by now. Do we not live in a society like that? It's immediate, isn't it? And the thing of it is, is we want that instantaneous thing. You know God doesn't operate that way? (laughs) He doesn't always operate in the immediate, does he? So keep in mind that we serve a Lord and Savior of the universe and understand that he has all power to move and to choose to do all that he desires when he desires to do it. (laughs) And what we have to do is believe the word of Christ. Believe him. And as I look to this, often he's working in your life and he desires even the most difficult times for us to trust him for the outcome and that we trust him and that he's always working on our behalf. And I'll tell you what happens to us. When it's not going well, he's not working for me. (laughs) When everything's going smooth, Jesus is on my team. But when things aren't working out so well, where is Jesus? And I want you to know whether things are going well or going bad, if you're saved, He's on your side. (laughs) Sometimes when things are going wrong, he wants you to trust him more. He may be growing your faith. And we don't like that portion of it sometimes, but that's exactly what he's doing. Now, there are times when we pray and do not think that we're being heard, yet that's an emotion. That's not a fact. How many of you have knelt and prayed at times and thought, I felt like I was just talking into the air? Have you ever been there? I know I'm the only wicked, ungodly person standing in this room today. Because there are times when I've knelt down and I've prayed and I felt like I was just talking into the air. Do you know that's an emotion, that's a feeling, that's something the devil wants to kind of propagate in your life and say, hey, yeah, that's that's it. He's not listening to you. But I have a loving, living God, amen? Amen. And he hears my prayers. And, And I'm mindful of this for God hears, but at times has not answered because of a multitude of reasons, but as you allow yourself to follow him and serve him and stay faithful to him, know that God is a God of truth and he will fulfill his word and his will and he hears us. You know, in the scriptures, there's a passage of scripture in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Now I want you to think about this in terms of this. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. You know what we're tempted to do? To believe that God's not listening. Would you agree with that? Sometimes we're tempted to believe God's not listening to us. But I like the next phrase in that verse. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. That means everybody deals with this. So I'm not the only one in here, right? (laughs) But I like the next one. But God is faithful. Isn't that wonderful? God's faithful. He's not going to suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with that temptation also make a way to escape that you, you individually, may be able to bear that. You'll be able to handle what's going on. But it is that God is faithful, not that I'm being tempted and not that it's common to be tempted, but that God is faithful. We miss that in the middle of all of that because between the idea that we're tempted and that it's common and the fact that God will prove himself in it, we're at that place where we have to remember, but God is faithful, isn't he? Right in the middle of it all. We find many miracles throughout the scriptures, but they are used to demonstrate many times a more glorious display of God's power. (laughs) 
And sometimes God's trying to show you who he is in your life and he wants to display himself in a more glorious way in your life and sometimes you don't get that answer immediately. But I want to tell you something, God's never late. (laughs) He's always right on time. And when I look to the scriptures, I'm mindful of this. Are you staying strong in your faith knowing God is faithful and is never late in answering your need? Listen to me, God is never late in answering your need. God's never late. I, I look to Mark chapter 11, verse 22, and Jesus answering saith unto him, Have faith in God. <laughs> have faith in God. The Bible says that God is faithful. We ought to have faith in God. Amen? When I look at it, he says, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and cast thou into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. What causes us to not think that God's going to answer our prayer? It's the doubt in our what? It's the doubt in our own heart, isn't it? You know, come, sometimes we call, we call upon him and we ask amiss. We're calling amiss. We call upon him for something that is really for our lust, to consume upon our own lust. But he's telling us here, pray believing, nothing doubting. He said, if we doubt in our heart, but shall believe that those things which uh, he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things ye desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and ye shall have them. Now, here's the thing. We always think that that's the Mercedes-Benz sitting in the lot, and we didn't pay a dime for it, and we have the keys for it, and it runs perfect. I don't think that's what he's talking about. <laughs> Be nice. <laughs> Of course, I already shared with the Sunday school class. I know some of you are Chevy people, but I can't get all Fords. I love them. <laughs> and a hunt green Ford F-250 with tan leather interior, hunt green would be beautiful to have with dualies in the back, by the way. Just take me to any Ford dealership. I am drawn in after my own lust. <laughs> <laughs> and then the guy says, do you want to take a Ford drive? Yeah. Right? And that happens to us. Here's the thing. And Jesus answering, saying unto them, have faith in who? God. Not in ourselves. Not in what we desire. Not in what we want. But have faith in God. That he'll deliver to us what we need. Now, I want to get into something here. When you make a request unto the Lord, it does not always come with an immediate response. But you are uh, in your time of waiting to do something. And I think these three things are pertinent in these passages. And that is one thing we're supposed to do is honor God in the midst of our waiting. We're to honor the Lord. I think the second thing is this, is that we have to come to the place where we have to believe God. In the midst of our waiting, in the midst of whatever's going on, we have to believe God. We have to honor Him, we have to believe Him. I think part of honoring Him is believing Him. Would you agree? And then the third thing is this. When we get to this, the Lord is never late. He's never late. Now, we may think He is, but He's not. Now, as we look at this, honor the Lord. When you look at verses 43 through 45... Jesus coming, and he says to them, for Jesus himself testified that a prophet hath no honor in his own country. And many that followed Christ did so because of the signs and the miracles and the wonders, and they saw him complete these things in other people's lives, and they watched what Jesus did in someone else's life, and they come to the place where they're saying, well, we want him to do these things for us, but regardless of whether or not you get that answer or that thing happens for you, Uh, We should never come to the place where we're at that place where we don't believe that God the Father, the Heavenly Father in Heaven, is not to be honored. He should always be honored. Just because He didn't give you what you wanted when you wanted it or in the manner in which you thought you should get it doesn't mean that we do not honor our Father in Heaven anymore. We honor Him. 
I got to thinking about this, about our request, and sometimes we pray and we don't think God's listening. I want to remind you, how many of you remember Daniel in the Old Testament? How many of you know who I'm talking about in the Old Testament, Daniel? And you look at Daniel in the Old Testament and you imagine what Daniel went through. And he went into captivity, and when they took him over into captivity, I mean, it was bad. And here this young boy uh, was taken from his home, was taken from his situation, and he was taken into captivity. And, and Daniel is a man of prayer, and we see that in the Scriptures. But I want to tell you something, that I believe that even Daniel could sometimes grow faint in heart. And here's what God says to him. In Daniel chapter 10 and verse 12, you ought to write this down because you're going to need this this week. I'm promising you this. This week, you're going to say, man, what was that verse pastor said? Well, it wasn't what I said. It's what the Bible teaches. And he says to Daniel in Daniel 10, Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. That, my friends, is a powerful statement. Would you agree? That is God telling Daniel, I heard you. I heard you the first day. Now, when did he get his prayer answered? I don't know. But he wanted to remind Daniel that I not only heard you, but I came for your words. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? That a God, an almighty God, comes because of the prayer of a man. It's pretty powerful for God to say that about somebody, isn't it? And when you look at this, we then... How are we to honor the Lord? Well, I think it starts by praying and trusting in His truths to guide you in your thoughts and your actions, because here's what happens. If it doesn't get answered according to the way I will for it to be answered, or it doesn't get answered in the time in which I answered it, I do not believe that God is walking with me, and I'll even come to the place where I'll start to dishonor God. And God's reminding us, even in Daniel's time, when Daniel was praying, he said, I heard you. I heard you. Now what do you want? <laughs> Well, Lord, I have a time frame, a timeline, and you need to adhere to my timeline. Lord, you need to do this in my measure, in my time. Because if you do not, Lord, then you're not for me, you're not with me. And we begin to dishonor God, maybe even in our thoughts. Now, maybe the words don't cross our lips, but sometimes those thoughts come about, and sometimes we can allow our thoughts to dictate our actions and not truly have faith in the Lord and what He is able to do for us. Chris was just doing this verse just a moment ago, and I want you to get a hold of this. We have this for the month, but Ephesians 3.20. And you think about that verse for just a moment and kind of get it inside your head, this thought that now unto Him <laughs> that is able to do what? Exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I ask or what? According to the power that worketh in us. How's the power working in you this morning? <laughs> How's it working in you? You see, you read a verse like that, and you go, oh, that's, that's external, it's outside of me. I'm sorry, it's not. It's internal, and it's telling you by the power that worketh in you. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think. Isn't that amazing? Amen. That's our God. Is that not what he told Daniel in the Old Testament? I heard you the first day you called upon me. And I have come for thy words. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think. That's powerful. And that's the God that we serve. But we have to trust him. We have to honor him. The word honor is a wonderful word. 
it's used in this case of value or high esteem. So when he says hath no honor, what is he saying these people are doing? If they hath no honor in their own country, he's saying uh, uh, that a prophet hath no honor in his own country. What is he saying? That you don't value anything I'm doing, that you don't esteem anything I'm doing. And yet this idea of honor is that high esteem, that's that value that we place upon it. And here's the thing, our prophet is Jesus Christ, amen? And he is the one that we ought to honor. And he ought to be in high esteem. We ought to hold him in high regard and have a high value for what he's doing. And he says he doesn't even have it around his own kinsmen. And I want to tell you something, if you're saved this morning, you're one of his kinsmen. Amen? You belong to him. And we ought to honor him in that fashion. Now then, the way to honor the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives is to trust him at his word and not just for what he can do for you, but the fact that you ever think about this, just how much he loves us. For God so loved the world that he gave, didn't he? (laughs) And we know in that particular case he gave us his son, but look at how much else God does for us in the scriptures. Look at all the things that he says to us and how he wants us to really trust him and to have faith in him. And, and, And those that seek him diligently, he rewards them. Does the Bible not teach us that in Hebrews that he rewards those that diligently what? Seek him. And here's the thing. We get so caught up in our life and we get so caught up in the routine of things and we get so caught up in the needs that we have and the desires that we have and we forget God. We forget to honor him. (laughs) And boy, we ought to hold him in high esteem. You know, this is really practical. (laughs) There's a real practical side to this thing. It it really isn't that hard. And, and, you know, I I say that and I look at 1 Corinthians 6.20 and 10.31. He said, for you are bought with price, therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. What am I supposed to do with my life? Glorify whom? God. That's honoring him. Would you agree? If I'm going to glorify him, I'm honoring my God. And so the Bible tells me that in my very practices of life, that, that with this body that I possess, this spirit that God has given to me, I ought to glorify him with it. I ought to do everything I can to bring glory to his name. The other one is this. Whether therefore you eat or you drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Now I want to tell you, one of the things that we do is we also think. Preacher, don't do this to us. We ought to have the right kind of thoughts. Would you agree? My thoughts ought to glorify him. He said whether you eat or you drink or whatsoever you do. Now maybe you don't think, but I do. (laughs) And sometimes I think the wrong thoughts. Anybody with me there? You say amen now. We think the wrong thoughts sometimes, don't we? And those wrong thoughts lead to wrong actions sometimes. And what it is, is let this mind be in you that's also in what? Christ Jesus, the very mind that Christ had, that, 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 that thought of himself very differently than the way that many people think of themselves. But he had brought himself to the place of no reputation <laughs> and became obedient unto death, even the death of the what? That's the... Jesus that we serve. When I look at this in Proverbs 3, 9, he says, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. You know, today that's a very difficult thing for us to do. He told us, And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Uh, when I first came here, I, I just kind of did the offering the way that I did because that's just what I did. And, and I began praying about it and I began thinking about it. 
And, and it, isn't it wonderful to be able to give our tithes and offerings to the local church? <laughs> to give to missions? And, and, you know, I really began to think about that. And I, I, I remember we used to pray before we took up the offering. <laughs> and you know what I pray for now? I pray for the offering that we took up because it's God that allowed us to give. Would you agree? Amen. It's God that allowed that to occur. It's not that I did anything. It's what he did for me that entire week that allows me to even do that. <laughs> That's my God. And I want to honor him. I want to glorify him. And when I look at this, honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. God said that we have a responsibility to honor him in even the things that we possess. Amen? What we own, what we have, we need to honor God with that. And notice that that passage clearly says, and with the first fruits of all thine increase, everything that God has given us, we have a responsibility to give to God. It's hard to take in, isn't it? <laughs> but we honor him that way. Deuteronomy 6.5, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. Boy, I fell there. I just do. I want to do this, but I fail. And boy, isn't it wonderful that we have a God that forgives. Isn't it wonderful that we have a God that forgives? Amen. If we confess our sins, he's what? Faithful. Faithful and just to forgive us our sins, to cleanse us from all this unrighteousness, right? What a wonderful God we serve. Boy, if I'm going to honor him, I'm going to honor him with my life. I'm going to glorify God, whether I'm eating or drinking or whatsoever I'm doing, in all my substance, in all the first fruits of my increase. I'm going to love the Lord thy God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all thy might. Honoring the Lord is trusting the Lord, and trust that he leads that to action in your life. And he will. And he'll train you, and he'll teach you. And there are many more that deal with your actions because of relationship. When you look at these verses, you demonstrate the value of Christ in your life by fulfilling the word and honoring him. One of the things that my dad used to say when we were growing up is, son, you carry my name. And when you go out into the community, don't you mess it up. Don't mess it up. Don't go out there and do things that are going to destroy my name. Now, it might have been, you say, well, that's just wrong. No, that's right. <laughs> don't mess up the name. Well, if you're saved, you carry the name Christian. That means that you're to be Christ-like. That means you're a child of God. Don't mess it up. Amen? Amen. Honor his name. <laughs> Take care of what he's given to you and honor it for his sake. You know, because we do not receive what we desire when we desire it by our prayers. That doesn't make the Lord unfaithful, but, you know, I... I I think he's just testing us sometimes. And it's okay for God to test us. Would you agree? It's okay for him to test me. You know, when you have your faith tested, it proves whether it's real or not, doesn't it? And, you know, I was just talking about that truck. You know, I'd like to take that truck on a test drive. Why? Because I want to make sure it's all that it was supposed to be. Now, I want to tell you, I, I used to like those, uh, what was the vehicle? Discovery, I think, was the name of the vehicle. I used to really like those, and there was a guy who worked in Northern Virginia, and they gave him, what was the name of it? No, 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 it wasn't a Hummer. No, that wasn't it. No, it was Land Rover. Land Rover, there it is. That's what I, man, I'm telling you, I like that Land Rover. 
and he was working in sales, and this company, as the, the company vehicle that they gave their sales department was Land Rovers. He drove up to church with it. He found out I liked Land Rovers. Well, he said this. This is how good the company was doing. They were shutting down, so they had to take their vehicles back to them and give them back to them. And he said, I heard that you like those Land Rovers. He said, well, how would you like to drive that out there for me and, uh, and follow me? And I said, man, I love that. Man, I got in that Land Rover, and I started driving. I said, this piece of junk. <laughs> man, I tried to steer. I mean, stiff. Man, Jim, my back was hurting by the time I got there. I thought, good gracious. Everything you hit, it was like, doo, doo, doo. I was like, man. Who would want one of these things? Well, you did, Warnick. <laughs> I took it for a test drive. And I realized I would never spend that amount of money on a Land Rover. <laughs> and the thing of it is, it wasn't until I tested it that it proved what it was. Right? Sometimes God's got to test our faith. He wants to see where we are. <laughs> Now, he knows where you are, but he wants to test your faith. When I think about this, you demonstrate the value Christ has in your life by fulfilling his word, by honoring him, by allowing when those tests come up to not lose your faith, but stay strong in your faith, knowing God is faithful. And by the way, he's never late. Now, let me get to this. You've got to have confidence in the word of God. How many of you really have confidence in this book? <laughs> Amen? I'm, I have confidence in the writer. <laughs> Amen? I have confidence in the Word because He is the Word. Does not the Bible teach us that Jesus Christ is the Word? Amen. So, and I hear people say, well, the Bible contradicts itself. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. I've based my entire life on this. I would love for somebody to show me where it contradicts itself. I can't find a contradiction in it. I can find my stupidity at times thinking that it did contradict itself. <laughs> I, I've been there. I thought, well, yeah, that doesn't make sense. And then I begin to study and go, oh, that makes perfect sense. So believe the word, would you agree? What did this situation occur here? Uh, this man comes to him. He has this sixth son and, and, and there in Capernaum. And he comes to Jesus and the, his son's at the point of death. And the nobleman says unto him, sir, come down ere my child die. My kid's going to die. And Jesus comes up to him, and Jesus saith unto him, Go thy way, thy son liveth. And I want you to get a hold of this. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken. Whew. Do you? <laughs> Do you believe the word that Jesus has spoken? Amen. You know, isn't it wonderful? We have it in writing now. <laughs> and you open it up, and you see this. And this man had a serious situation on his hands. And his son was near death. And the statement Jesus makes, because he knows the condition of the human heart, does he not? <laughs> Except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. And this man came to him, and his son's somewhere else. Are you with me? Where's his son? He's not standing by his side. Jesus said, Except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. <laughs> And the man says, oh, I believe you. <laughs> My son dies. I, I know you can heal him. And he believed the word that Jesus had spoken. Boy, we ought to be that way, amen? When we open this Bible, we ought to be that way. How many of us would be guilty of trying to get Jesus to prove himself? I used to be a flea flipper. 
Anybody know what a fleece flipper is? What's the gentleman's name in the Bible that flipped the fleece? Gideon. Gideon. Lord, if you want me to do this, wait a minute. Lord, if you want me to do this, wait a minute. Lord, if you want me to do this, show the dew. Don't show the dew. Show the dew. <laughs> you know, show it on the carpet, right? Show me, show me, show me, show me, show me. How many of us are like that? Lord, I'll believe you. If you do this, I'll believe you. Lord, if you do this, I'll listen to you. Lord, if you do this. And I don't think God operates that way. Would you agree? <laughs> get to flipping the fleece, right? The scriptures teach us this. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not what? I can't see it. But that's faith. Are you with me? The substance of things hoped for. I like this because when I read that verse, the first word in that verse is now. Are you with me? Now. When is that? Now. Now faith. Right now. Not sometime in the future, not sometime in the past. Now. Right now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not what? When is it taking place? Now. Right now. That's when it's happening. And when I look to the scriptures in Romans 8, 24 and 25, for he is saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why did he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. I think about this. If, if you went out and, and the truck is sitting in the driveway, why would you keep hoping for the truck, Bob? You wouldn't because you could do what now? You could see it. How many of us can physically see Jesus right now? Can you see him? Can you see him? Where is he? Last time I checked, he said he was in me. <laughs> right? Now, I can't physically see him, but I need to believe him. Amen? And let me tell you something. There's nothing more exciting than believing in Jesus Christ as your Savior. And knowing him as your Savior brings us to this place that it's not a, a wringing of the hands. Man, I, I really hope Jesus is real. Man, I really hope that he's going to save me. Man, I really hope that heaven is real. No, it is. Heaven is real. <laughs> I'm hoping, waiting for that day for Jesus to return. He said he's coming again. Oh, I have hope in who Jesus is. It's not a wringing of the hands. It's a, an excitement and joy that, yes, this is what I hope for. <laughs> I can't see it, but I know it's real, and it's coming. Amen? It's exciting. It's like kids on Christmas morning, isn't it? And the thing of it is, is that they look under the tree the night before. There's nothing there. They wake up in the morning and there's all these gifts. Hey, listen, Jesus is coming again. <laughs> and boy, we're not standing there wringing our hands about it. We're saying he's coming. Listen, this man believed. He couldn't see it, but he believed Jesus, didn't he? <laughs> and so should we. Consider for a moment, do you really believe God or does your faith waver when you cannot see what you expect <laughs> or the outcome isn't what you desired? What you wanted didn't happen. What you desired didn't come through. God's not real then, is he? <laughs> and yet, I, I look at this. Consider for a moment, does our faith waver? Uh, you know, when I look at this, remember that the Lord is never late. Notice this nobleman's faith. The man believed the word that Jesus had spoken. I want to tell you something. How many of you remember the story of Lazarus in the Scriptures? And the resuscitation of Lazarus in the Scriptures? By the way, he wasn't resurrected. He was resuscitated. 
If he was resurrected, he would have been the first resurrection. <laughs> he was resuscitated because he came back in his physical body. Amen. <laughs> Jesus came back in his spiritual body. So Jesus was resurrected. Lazarus was resuscitated. Everybody with me? Amen. And they go out to the graveside, and the ladies are going, Lord, what are you doing? He's been in the grave for a while. Lord, he stinketh. <laughs> By the way, sin stinks, doesn't it? Lord, he stinketh. You know, when Jesus said, Lazarus, rise, I think he said his name on, person because, on purpose because if he said rise, I think every grave would have opened up at that moment. I think he had to say his name. And thank God there was only one Lazarus in there, amen? <laughs> and the thing of it is, is he resuscitated Lazarus. <laughs> oh, Jesus, if you'd only gone earlier. Oh, Jesus, if you'd only shown up on time, <laughs> Lazarus wouldn't be dead. Oh, and he raises Lazarus from the dead <laughs> for their sake. Did you ever read that? Amen. He did it for them. Amen. That they would believe God. <laughs> that God might display more gloriously his power. <laughs> God did that. You know, you look to the scriptures and you see these things. There are times that the Lord wants to demonstrate a more glorious display of his power in your life and my life, and we're unable to see it, but his desire is that we trust him in the midst of it. They said, Lazarus is dead, and he said, we got this. And he prayed to God, and he raised Lazarus. Isn't that amazing? Amen. Amen. Now, to you, that may be just a story. To me, that's the truth. Amen. I believe Jesus did it. Amen. Sure, I'd like to have been there for it, but you know what he told me? He's going to come and get me one day. The trump shall sound, and the dead in Christ shall rise, and those who remain will be caught up in the air with him. So whether I'm in the tomb or standing on the ground, he's coming to get me. That'll be an exciting time, won't it? Amen. <laughs> and I look to the Scriptures, and I see these things, and the word believed is to have faith with respect to the person, especially the one's spiritual well-being in Christ, and to trust him. And to believe, as this noble man believed, is to have faith or trust in Christ. With the implication of this, folks, actions will follow. Actions will follow. I believe actions will follow. If you believe, the actions will follow. Amen. If you believe, the actions will follow. James clears that up for us, doesn't he? You go read the book of James and you realize that my actions will be bore out in what I believe. <laughs> and so when I look to this, there is this element or our belief that is clear to us that we must trust Christ for what he's done. But when we're counting on that answer to prayer, what happens to us? Can you turn with me real quick? Let's go to Mark. You're in John. Let's go to Mark. Matthew, Mark, chapter 9. Look at verse 23 with me. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that what? Believeth. Look at verse 24. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. What's the next phrase? What's the next phrase? Help thou my, Help thou my what? Unbelief. <laughs> How many of us are there sometimes, huh? 
just be honest. We're just unbelievers at times. We believe, but we don't believe sometimes. And, and this guy's saying, Look, Lord, I, I want to, but help me with that unbelief. Get that out of the way. Now I want you to look at verse 29, because this adds to it. Look down at verse 29. And he said unto them, This kind come forth uh, by nothing but by prayer and what? How do we get those answered? <laughs> by prayer and what? By the way, that's the New Testament. Fasting is not just an Old Testament thing. It's a New Testament thing. And we're looking for God to do some things, and sometimes it takes prayer and fasting. Now, by the way, don't think because you're fasting that you'll get exactly what you want. Fasting is so that God can work in your life and use you the way He desires. So we fast for that purpose. And we're asking God to do something and God working in our life. It's so that we can be more conformed to His image, not that we can conform God to what we want Him to do for us. It's not why we fast. But we pray and fast because we believe God. Now here's the thing. We must pray and we must believe the Lord, so then stay strong in your faith, don't give up, and remember this, and I'm finished with this today. God's never late, and I'm going to show you that. He's never late. We may feel like it, but He's never late. And so God's timing is perfect. And I want you to get a hold of this. If you look at verses 51 through 54, and he was going down in John chapter 4, and he was going, uh, and he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Thy son, what? My son liveth. Now, I want you to get a hold of this for just a minute. God is never late. He did it at a perfect time. You know, this man goes back and he goes, Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What hour was he healed? <laughs> he said the seventh hour. He goes, man, can you imagine that? He wasn't there. But when he gets back, he finds the answer, doesn't he? <laughs> you know, sometimes that's God's more glorious display of his power, isn't it? How many of you have had it answered? <laughs> Not like you thought it should, but man, when he answered it, you thought... Whoa, I never thought. There, I cannot believe this. This is amazing. My pastor told me one time, he said, Bob, why are you so stunned when God answers your prayer? I said, I don't know. But when he does, sometimes it's much more glorious than you ever thought. And he does it in such a fashion that you never thought. And he does it in such a way that you have to give God the glory. You have to give God the credit because he did it. And there's no way you could have made this come to pass, but God did. And it's his glory that ought to be magnified, amen? And I looked at this, that the Lord is never late. And this man said, so the father knew that it was at the same hour in the which Jesus said unto him, thy son liveth, and himself believed his whole, and his whole house. Hey, listen, guess what that did? It brought his whole house to the place where they believed God. That's amazing to me. <laughs> and, and the Lord was not late regarding the nobleman's son. He was not late in removing the demon from a young man. He was not late in resuscitating Lazarus. God is not late. <laughs> God is right on time. And he is on time in your life. Everything that's happening, God is right on time. Trust me. According to the Scriptures. <laughs> He'll never be late in anything. He does for you. And I think this is really just based upon faith. Hey, was he late parting the Red Sea? 
Was he late? He was right on time, right? Moses and those guys, they were maybe looking for loads to show up with the load <laughs> so we could separate these waters, but it wasn't happening. Hey, listen, God was right on time, wasn't he? Hey, when Joseph was thrown into a pit and Joseph was taken over and was placed in slavery and Joseph was out of his country, was God late or was God right on time? <laughs> you go read Genesis chapter 50 and verse 20 and you'll find out God was right on time. Amen? He sure was because he said that it might save much people alive as it is this day. <laughs> God knew what he was doing with Joseph. When I look to the scriptures and I see this, I think about protecting Gideon or the battle of Jericho. Was God late in letting that wall come down? He was right on time, wasn't he? And I look to the scriptures and I see Goliath out there and Goliath is taking over the Israelites and, and, and you look there and you see King Saul and, and David comes up and this little guy and he goes to put his arm on him. David said, I don't need it. And David went out there, and I always wondered why the smooth stones and why the sling and why more stones than you were going to use. Because he only needed one. And he had five smooth stones. And I thought to myself, maybe if David wavered in his faith for a moment, he might have to sling five of them before he goes down. But he took one. And the giant was taken down in his life, wasn't it? By the way, the giant was taken down for the entire nation. God was right on time, wasn't he? Hey, when Hannah <laughs> was with child, was it too late or was it right on time? Are you with me? It was right on time, wasn't it? God knew what he was doing with Hannah, <laughs> and it was right on time. When I look to the Scriptures and I think about Esther in the Scriptures, was it too late for Esther to show up in the king's court? Was it too late for that to change things for the nation of Israel? Was it too late or was God right on time with Esther? And you look at it and you say, he was right on time, wasn't he? You go to the scriptures and you look and you say, oh, that poor Elijah out there. <laughs> He's now starving, right? And God brought the raven and fed him, didn't he? God was right on time. Hey, do you remember the fire coming down out of heaven? <laughs> and, and, and he goes up and he says, hey, why don't we just throw water on it all? <laughs> let, let, let's really douse this stuff in water. By the way, that was a huge commodity at the moment because there was a famine in the land. Are you with me? So to take water and throw it onto that wood to saturate it with water and then to watch God consume it with fire. Was God on time? He wanted to show him his power, a more glorious display of his power. By the way, sometimes God wants to do that in your life and in mine. And he wants to display a more glorious power in your life. Paul was not without his beatings. And you think about Peter being in prison and Paul in prison and then shipwreck. Was God late? Or was God right on time? See, what we think is, is that when things go wrong, God's not with me. Was God with Paul when the ship wrecked? <laughs> was God with Peter when he was in prison? Was God with Christ when he was hanging on the cross? 
What makes us think that God's not with us? Our own human reasoning. Our own spirit at times. Therefore, the Lord's never laid in your life. And listen to me. Your circumstances don't dictate whether God's at work in your life or not. Your circumstances do not dictate whether God's working in your life or not. If we would just kind of turn ourselves over, I want you to think about this. If all is well, God is with me. If all is hell, God has left me. Is that true? Absolutely not. Because I can look in Paul's life, and I can look in Peter's life, and I can look in my Savior's life, and sometimes things were hell for them, wasn't it? And it was hard for them. But God was with them. You know, folks, in Hebrews 13, 5 and 6, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he saith, I will never leave thee, <laughs> nor forsake thee. Do you believe God? Are you going to honor the Lord this week with the way you're living? Are you really going to trust him? Do you understand no matter what you're asking, God's not late. God will deliver it right on time. He'll do exactly what he needs to do. But you know, folks, you see our lifestyle is to be about contentment and not gain. Regardless of our circumstances, it's not about what I gain. It's about contentment with what I have. And when I look at this, it's interesting to see that God would state this in such a way to remind us that material possessions or ownership of something does not constitute good or bad in your relationship with God. What constitutes a good relationship with God? That in good times and in bad, I'm going to honor the Lord, I'm going to believe His Word, and understand He is never late. Let's pray.